So we've been learning on the importance of prayer and how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He said, pray like this, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive the debts of others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the glory now and forever. Amen. And in that prayer, we learn so much about how we should pray as God's people. Because before that, in Matthew's gospel, and we've been looking at Matthew's gospel, we find that Jesus said, do not pray like the hypocrites who love praying in public, where they can be heard. We learn that a prayer life always starts with us talking to God and coming to him as we are. Amen? God doesn't want to be impressed. You'll never impress God. He wants a relationship with us. And he, Jesus taught us, don't pray like that because their reward is that people are hearing them pray instead of building a relationship with their Father in heaven. And then he says, and when you pray, don't repeat your prayers. Don't babble on and repeat your prayers over and over and over again. God knows what you're praying the first time. And he wants us to develop this assurance that we can uh, go to God with whatever we're facing. And he knows what we need before we even ask it. But again, it's developing this relationship with him. Which is the relationship we could have with our father in heaven. And then he starts and he teaches them, this is how I want you to pray. Pray like this, right? And he talks, he says, pray our father. Notice the our, not my father, but our father. Because in my prayer, I partner with Jesus. In my prayer, I go through Christ and I'm in Christ. Amen? There's one mediator between God and man, and that is a man, Christ, Jesus. So outside of Christ, I don't stand a chance, but in Christ, I'm in fellowship with the Almighty God. It says, our Father, so it's relational, right? Who is in heaven, which is directional. It tells us that I pray to a God that is over everything. I don't pray to a God that's confined to the White House. He's not confined to a, to a state, to a city, to a nation. He's God over the universe, the cosmos, over everything, who is in heaven. And hallowed or holy is your name. And he teaches us about, we go to, to God in a positional prayer. He's holy and he's righteous. He's perfect. He's, he's not a small g God that has a lot of drama in his life. We're the ones that have the drama. That's why we need God. Amen. And I know first service don't struggle with this, but second service that we'll be talking to them about that. The reality is that we have a God who's perfect. And, and, and there's a progression in this prayer. The progression is you, you begin to understand you, you're in this relationship and you submit to his, this, this, his, uh, his lordship, you know, because he's in heaven. 
And then you understand that he's holy, so you address him in, in, in holiness. And, and you come in with an imputed holiness. Christ in, imputes or imparts holiness unto us. It's the righteousness of Christ that makes us holy. Amen? But then you, he, he leads us in, in a beautiful, beautiful direction because he goes on and, and, and we learn that we have to submit to the Father's will because he's sovereign. In other words, when we prayed right now, we weren't telling God what to do, but we were praying that by his mercy, he would move from heaven. Amen? One of the greatest prayers that I prayed in 2022, which was, a, uh, you know, I was coming out of a difficult time in my life. 2021 and 2020 were difficult for, for people in general. Amen? We had, we had the, 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 the uh, pandemic. We had all kinds of things political upheaval, all kinds of things going on, and people are just at odds with each other, right? And, and I remember coming and, and, and having a personal situation going on, a family situation, and I remember coming to the place, and I said, Lord, be merciful to me. You see, God doesn't have to do anything. He's sovereign, and I understand that. And, and when we submit ourselves and we say, your kingdom come, how many of us are tired of trying to build our own kingdoms? How many of us know we're not good at that? We somehow mess that up. We try to build our kingdoms, but when we let his kingdom be established in our lives, things change. And your will be done. Here in Oracle, here in Catalina, here in Saddlebrook Ranch, wherever you live, Lord, you, you, you say to the Lord, Lord, let your will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven, where everyone honors you. Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate, Pilate says, so you are a king. And he, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, there'd be people fighting for me right now. So his kingdom has to be established in our lives. His will needs to be submitted to in our lives. And when that begins to happen, guess, guess what the next, just the next beautiful thing that comes into our life, guess what that is? The wisdom of God. When you let God build his kingdom in your life and you submit to his will, then his wisdom begins to be imparted into your life because there's a way that seems right to a man and to a woman, but in the end it leads to destruction and that's our way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so we begin to process that if we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and, do, and we lean not on our own understanding, that he will make our, our way and our path straight. And he'll direct us. And, and so you begin to get this manifested wisdom from the word of truth, from the word of God. And it begins to lead us away from our own way into God's way. And your prayer begins to change. Because this prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer, because he's teaching us, is not about repeating it over and over and over and over again, thinking you're going to get an outcome. It's about building a relationship with your Creator who's your father, who you can be assured that he cares about everything that you're going through. 
because the progression that we, that we get to in, in today's message is that there is a daily trust that begins to happen in your life when you walk with Jesus Christ. There's a daily dependence that all of us need. He said, pray then in this way, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we trust you. We trust you for everything that we need in our lives. And so the, the, the three takeaways that I want to talk about, the first one is this, is that God is our provider. When we say give us this day our daily bread, it's a statement of dependency. You're depending on God to provide for you. And you should. Because he is our provider. Paul, uh, writing to the church in uh, Philippi, he said this to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 19. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ. How many of you need that? I'm going to read it one more time. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And there's a trust emphasis in Paul's statement. My God will meet all of your needs. Is it okay for me to speak that into your life? Will you do me, do me a favor and reciprocate that back to me? <laughs> I need some of my needs to be met too. And blessed is a man and the woman who recognizes that the provision we have is from God. Blessed is a man and the woman that, that says, everything I have is because of God. And without God, I have nothing. And when you think you have things without God those things will leave you empty. Solomon teaches us that. He says, I've had everything in the world and it's all vanity without God being at the center of my life. When, when Jesus teaches us to pray, give us, we are trusting God to provide for us. Uh, there's a movie that just launched this week, this past week, and it's called Jesus Revolution. Anyone hear of that movie? It's the story of Chuck Smith, Greg Laurie. Anyone heard of, of uh, Calvary Chapel? Raise your hand if you have. If you're watching online, raise your hand as well. <clears throat> and so what that story entails, their, their story is that during the 60s and 70s, during the, 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 the free love revolution, that all these individuals that had tried everything, they say, you know what? We don't need anything. We're good. Give me whatever I want. And I'm just, I, everything's about love. And it was love without God. And it left them empty. And they started to come looking for something that was going to fill that void. And they ended up coming to different churches. But one of the churches that they went to that was welcoming to them was what is known as Calvary Chapel. And Chuck Smith was, you know, 
saying, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with all these, all these hippie dudes and girls? And, and so, you know, God just said, love them. Love them with the real love that comes from Christ. And Chuck Smith, this ministry just grew and grew. And a lot of these people that came in that were looking for, for the, the, the realness of, of what God can offer, they came to faith and now they're leading in the church and doing great, great things. Greg Laurie has crusades and millions of people are coming to Jesus because of the power of God. But Chuck Smith said something that, that speaks to us. He says, where God guides, God provides. When you say, give me, when you say, give me, not only are you talking about food for your, for your physical body, but you, you, you're saying, God, provide me with everything I need to transform my lives and the people you have here. How many of us have been transformed through the power of Jesus Christ? How many of you desire for people around you to be transformed with that same power? God is guiding us today in this generation to make a difference for his glory. And where God will guide us, he will provide for us. Now, now, when we say give us, we're saying, Lord, you are our provider, but we're also declaring something else. It is a declaration of grace. Not only is he our provider, when he provides for us, it's a gift from above. We didn't earn it. Nothing that I have in this life did I earn. You know, I, I, when I go to work, I can go to work because God has blessed me with the ability to do the job that I do. I'm speaking for all of us in that. God has given me the ability to, to be healthy. God has given us the ability to, to, to be able to speak like we do. God has given us the ability to do whatever we're doing. That's a gift from God. The breath that I just took right now is a gift. Without God, I have that. I don't have a breath. Without God, I don't have reasoning. Without God, I don't have the ability to do the things that I do. So when we say, give me, we're declaring that it's all from God. The apostle James, which was the Lord's brother, put it like this. He said, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And blessed is a man and the woman who never forgets that everything comes from God. Can I tell you what is going on in the United States of America? Is they have forgotten that everything good comes from, from God. The only way that we will ever be able to change the course of what's going on in our country is for us to live that every good thing comes from God. And for us to live that and manifest that to our friends and our, and our co-workers and our schools and wherever and whatever we are doing because God is real and God is faithful. And every day that you pray, Give me, 
you are reaffirming the reality that God is your source. He's your supplier. The, the psalmist put it like this in Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6. You, Lord, are all I have. And you give me all that I need. My future is in your hands. How wonderful are your gifts to me. How good they are. When, when God's kingdom comes and his will is done in our life, we begin to understand that everything in our day is a gift from him. And it moves us into the state of dependency. Amen? How many of you are depending on God to provide for you today? I am. I want you to think about that. Every time that, that, that I depend on God for, my, for him being my provider, every time that I understand and declare that it's by grace that he gives me everything that I have, it, it produces a joy in my spirit. Because I know that it's not me. I know that it's God. And the psalmist in another place, he said this, give Thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. We, we sing that song, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Because it's true. And when you understand God is your provider, when you understand and, and you declare that it's, it's a free gift, that he gives us a breath, he gives us our lives, he gives us everything, our wives, our husbands, our, our children, our grandchildren, and we can say, woohoo, and you had nothing to do with it. Well, you had something to do with it, but not that much. God had more to do with it than what you think. You begin to walk that out. You begin to live that out. And then you, you, you come to this second takeaway that not only is God my provider, not only is it a free gift from God that everything I have, but God somehow in his, in his amazing wisdom, he wants us to ask him every day. Every day. Give me this day. Give us this day is important. My, my dependence on God alone is for when? For today. I, I don't know about you, but, but I need God every day. Not just every Sunday or on Christmas or Easter. Here, here's another song that we, that we sing from Psalms uh, 118.24. This is the day that the, that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. What I've come to find out that every day is a new day. New day, new problem. Am I lying? New day, 
new appetite. So, some of you guys right now, you're thinking, what's for lonchi? Right? But, but here's what I know for sure is that you, you, you learn to depend on God for your everyday and it, and it safeguards you from the anxieties and worries of tomorrow. It, it's amazing that in the same context of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6, that he ended with these words. He said this, he said, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life and what you will eat and what you will drink. Now let's just go back to the prayer that that he taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. This is important. Give us this day our daily bread. Let me tell you something. When you start worrying about tomorrow's bread, you're going to worry in today. When you start worrying about what you're going to wear tomorrow, just put on what you have right now. Huh? Make sure those choners are washed. Make sure those pantalones are ready to go. Make sure you put a t-shirt, the, under, the underclothes that you need. He says, don't, don't worry about, about your life and what you will eat and what you will drink, nor, nor for your body as what you will put on. Is life more than food? Is the body more than clothing? Seek first, I love this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be provided. When do we seek for them? Today. Today's the day you seek him first. Today's the day that you seek his righteousness and everything that you want, everything that you need that is according to his will will be given to you. You notice that Pastor James has been wearing some sports coats recently, huh? Last couple of weeks, everybody's freaking out. And they're saying, why are you wearing a sports coat? Because I don't, for you that are visiting, watching online, I usually don't wear a coat. Why are you wearing a sports coat? Because I can. <laughs> as long as I'm seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, then he will provide for us. He's in his, he goes on, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Isn't that a wonderful statement? Can we just say that, you know, internalize that? Let, let's let tomorrow worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, there's an important lesson that we learn from the Old Testament. So God gave, uh, gave the children of Israel manna. And this manna was bread. They were wafers that they would eat. Uh, every morning when the dew came, came, came out, they would produce a wafer. And they had to eat that, that manna, that, that, that bread from heaven that, uh, that God provided. They had to eat it every day. And they could not try to save it for the next day because when they did, it would rot. And God was teaching them a lesson. And that lesson was that he wanted them to trust them for every single day. Because if he didn't do that, guess what they would do? They'd gather up as much manna and put it all away in, the, in, a, in a place. And they would say, well, God, we don't need you tomorrow. God, we won't need you for a week. Go ahead and leave me. And don't we do that as people? Don't, don't we do that when, when we are very affluent, when we're doing the best that we can? Did you, did you see that video where it said, we come to God in prayer, usually we start in desperation. 
And we come to that place of desperation because we think that we can do things without God. And so if God was to provide for us a long-term eating plan, we would forget about him. Amen? But every day he says, I want you to trust me. Trust me for today, right? I, I, love, I love what uh, uh, in, 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 the, in the Proverbs, I always call the Proverbs the book of wisdom, the books of wisdom. Um, there's a, there's, a, there's a, man, a man of God in there. His name was Agur. So Solomon wrote the majority of the Proverbs. Did you know that? Solomon was the son of David. But here, uh, Agur writes this, uh, this proverb. And I'm going to read it out of the, the, the message paraphrase. Verses 7 through 9 in, in Proverbs 30. This is, what, this is what, he, what he prayed. And then he prayed, God, I'm asking for two things before I die. So he's, he's saying, this is, this is my life. I want to put my life before you. I'm asking for, for two things. First of all, don't refuse me. He says, Lord, please. Now, notice how there's a merciful prayer right there. Saying, Lord, you don't have to do this, but please don't refuse me. You ever done that? Lord, Lord I, I'm coming before you, and I just, in, in humility, you don't have to do anything, Lord, because you're God, but, but I just pray, don't refuse me. And then he says, banish lies from my lips. You notice how he says, I don't want to be a liar, because if you are a liar, you won't walk in truth. Amen? And then they'll say to you, liar, liar, pants on fire, right? He says, banish lies from my lips and liars from my presence. He said, guard me from that. And then he says, give me enough food to live on. Neither too much nor too little. Isn't that a wonderful way to pray? <laughs> Most of us pray, Lord, give me a lot. Mucho. If I'm too full, I might get independent saying, God, who needs him? You can even think of that in a spiritual sense, right? When, we're, when, we're spirit, when we think we're spiritually filled, we say we don't need God. But when you're, when you're spiritually depleted, aren't there times that you hunger for God? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for his righteousness. Amen? So it, it helps us to really understand that. If I'm too full, I might get independent saying, God, who needs him? If, if I'm poor, I might steal and dishonor the name of my God. The Holy Spirit leads us to build a daily dependence on God. Let me say that last statement again. The Holy Spirit, and this is, this is the God working through this writer of Proverbs, Agur, and he says the Holy Spirit leads us to build a daily dependence on God. In other words, please keep me from a life that is not reliant on you daily. That's what all of us should be wanting to pray. Here's the third takeaway. We, we should trust him for our livelihood. So, so we already learned that Jesus teaches us to recognize God as provider. We depend on God daily but he's also my security and my livelihood. In other words, my life is in his hands. 
Lord, I trust you for the bread that I need daily. If we don't eat, eventually you won't live. Amen? We, uh, we put our dependency on everything that God provides physically for us. Bread is what keeps us nourished. But bread encompasses more than that. There, there's, a, there's a literal and then there's also a, a symbolic sense right there. You know, I, I trust God for my, when I was working underground and, and I gave my life to Jesus, before, before Jesus came, I thought, I thought I owned everything. But when Jesus came into my life, I knew that he gave me everything I had. But I, I trusted him with my job. I trusted him with my safety. I trusted him with my, with my wife. I trusted him with my family. I trust him with everything because God is faithful. Give us this day our daily sustenance that we can, that we can live in a way that, that we are free from all the worries of someone that doesn't know God and doesn't know where his tomorrow will be. We can trust that God will be with us today, but he will also be with us tomorrow. And when they shut the mine down and almost 3,000 people overnight lost their jobs, can I tell you, I'm still here. Because Magma Copper, BHP Enterprise was not my God, Jesus Christ was. Are you with me? And he said, I have something for you to do. You're going to speak in front of a lot of people. And I said, Lord, I can't even talk. And he said, don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. It's the same for you. You're at the place that you're at because God has been faithful to you and he will not stop. You're here in the house of God because God has been faithful to you and he'll never stop. You've had the positions that you've had because God has been faithful to you and he will never stop. He provides for us daily our, our provision, our livelihood and everything we need. Martin Luther uh, Great, the great reformer, you, you saw one of his quotes, John Stott, one of my heroes, uh, in his commentary, John Stott put this about Luther. He said, Luther had the wisdom to see that the bread was a symbol of food, a healthy body, good weather. Let's pause right there. In Arizona, we freak out when the temperature hits 30. They told me just coming in today, they said it's supposed to hit 20 in the next couple of days. I said, that's not even possible. So we're trusting the Lord. <laughs> we're trusting the Lord for good weather, for, for house, for home, for wife, for children, for good government. Woo! That's good. Martin Luther said, I'm not dependent on the government. I'm trusting God for good government. How many of us have said that? Every day, every day we can pray for our government and those that are leading it, that they will somehow, in some way, even if they don't know God, will submit to his lordship. There's been some big things that have happened, beloved. 
Look at what happened with Roe versus Wade. I'm not even going to go into all that. But God is God. Don't stop praying. For good government and peace. In other words, God will provide for our physical needs and our appetites. And one of the things that, that stands out to me is, and, and, and I, there was a brother in the, in the church, a leader, that spoke to me when I was kind of growing in the Lord. And, and I'll never forget these words. He said, he said to me, because it's so, it's so biblical, he said to me, sometimes when we think we're hungry for physical food, we're really hungry for spiritual food. Are you with me? So there's a discipline, hear, hear me, there's a discipline that's called fasting. And how many of us just love fasting? You just raise your hand. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing we love about fasting is how fast we're going to run to the kitchen table, right? But sometimes, hear me now, sometimes, sometimes we really don't need to get our belly full. We need to get our soul filled. And, and, G, and Jesus said this, he said this in, in, in John 6, uh, verse 51. He said, I am the bread, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I offer so the world may live is my flesh. He said, I'm, I'm going to go to the cross. And, and when, you, when, you, when you believe in me, when you trust in me, you're going you're gonna to fill your soul with the living bread. This is so important, guys and gals. This is so important. You know, a lot of times when we're hungry, we're really not hungry for physical food. A lot of times our spirit is starving for Jesus. And it doesn't matter how many burritos, it doesn't matter how many steaks, it doesn't matter how much lasagna you eat. You will never feel the spiritual man without the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. And when he fills you, you'll never be the same again. So yesterday as we, uh, I'm going to close with this. Yesterday as, as we completed our 21 days, every, every morning at 7 a.m., the prayer team, or many people came, and we prayed uh, uh, for, for, for different focuses. But we ended the, the 21 days of prayer by having communion. And Chris and Terry Budke did a wonderful job in leading, leading the team. Can we give them a big hand to let the Lord... Um... They don't want no credit. They don't want no credit, but, but God just sometimes says, give them some credit. And so we had communion together and, and there's, this, there's this young man and, and, his, and his wife started coming to the church about five weeks ago and uh, maybe a little bit longer. And, and this young man uh, and his wife, uh, they didn't have a church background, but they, they, they came 
uh, one day and, and, I, and I went down to the bottom of the platform and I invited people to come up that, that wanted to just surrender their life to Jesus Christ. And so they came up and, and they, um, they, they, they stood there. The first time he had ever done anything like that. And so we're, 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 we're gathered together and he has communion. And I'm watching everybody as we're taking communion. And he's just kind of real, real uh, you know, just very humble and, and, and just never done this before. I didn't know this. But he, 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 he kind of like, what are we doing? And so after, after we had communion, everybody, you know, everybody was leaving. And I was talking to several people. And he said, can I talk to you for just a moment? And, and so we, uh, we went outside to the, to the cafe. And, and he started telling me. And he just, he just burst in tears. And he said, I don't even know why I'm crying. I don't even know why I feel the way that I do. He said, but he said, I've never taken communion before. I've never taken communion before. He said, I just feel so different. I feel so good. He said, and, and, and I don't even know anything about faith. He said, I was never raised in, 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 I was never raised in the things that you're teaching. And I said, well, I ain't teaching nothing but what's in the word, bro. He said, I've never, never heard those things. And he said, I just feel so much different. And, and we had this conversation and there, and he would, he would talk to me and then he would cry. He said, I don't know why I'm crying. I said, well, let, let me tell you what my wife told me, bro. I'm going to tell you. I said, you're only going to see an adult man cry two ways. Number one, when they're very intoxicated. (laughs) And when the Holy Spirit fills them. And and I would rather have the latter. (laughs) I've had both. (laughs) The latter's better. The Holy Spirit's so much better. And so we, we talked, and, 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 and what, what happened to this young man, what happened to me, he said, well, I want to get baptized, and, and I, I don't even know how, you know, when I get baptized, you know, what's going to happen, and, you know, do I have faith? Did, did I really trust in God? And he's asking all these questions. I said, well, we, we walked through some things, and I said, well, let's pray a prayer. I know you did, but let's pray a prayer, and this prayer of salvation, and, and, and that way you know today that you're praying this prayer, and it's you and God. So he prayed that prayer, and, you know, he cried a little bit, and then he prayed the prayer, and he cried a lot, and then he prayed the prayer but what happened to him let me tell you what happened to him is that for 40 years he's been living filling his body with physical food for the first day in his life he filled his soul with the spiritual nourishment of Jesus Christ I would hate for you to leave here today spiritually malnourished. I would love for you to let Jesus feed you and your soul today. And it's simple. Just a simple prayer. And I want you to pray this with me. If you're here today and you've never prayed this prayer, just it's a simple prayer. Just pray this with me. God, I need you in my life. I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I admit that I am a sinner in need of salvation. But I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that he went to the cross and died for all of my sins, my past, my present, and my future sins. I also believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. 
And so today I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, with, with God watching and with us celebrating, if you prayed that prayer today, just raise your hand. It's between you and God. Beautiful. See all those hands. Amen, bro. Beautiful. See those wonderful hands. Amen, bro. Praise God, dude. Beautiful. See your hand, bro. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Can I tell you? You ate today. And it's better, and it's hard for me to say this, but it is. It's better than La Casita. That's a big statement. It's better than Longhorn Steakhouse. That's a hard one. But you ate from the living bread of life.